Hey everybody, this is Mark, just letting y'all know that this is going to be the last episode everyone hears for a little while because we are going on another break. Don't worry, it's a good break. We just have good things going on that need our full attention, and then after that, we'll come back. Um, and we don't, we don't know how long that'll take, but just letting you know that this Storks is going to have to tide you over for a while until we take care of the other stuff in our lives and then there will be more looking for the ocean anyway enjoy the episode welcome to looking for the ocean where we talk about everything pixar's ever made and what it means to us i'm danny vincent and as always i'm joined by mark young and with us today is a special guest brad dragon it is dragon right i feel like that's yes, what i always call dragon yeah okay because it's, it's not spelled that way right it's spelled, well, it's spelled ever so slightly differently but over the years, we messed with the pronunciation because we couldn't figure out a good way. Then we just everyone calls us Dragon anyway. Let's just go with Dragon. Yeah. So does your name end with an M? No, it, it's a U N instead of O N. But well, then it's been it's been wrong in my phone since freshman year of college. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first. I've had oh, surely with the wrong not name on there. Hmm. <laughs> Um, so apparently, Brad, you and I have history because we saw Silence and Logan together. I think. Yeah, yeah I uh, think I didn't watch too many films. Like I vaguely remember you. I don't think I we saw too many films together, but we'd catch one or two. Some of the I wish yeah, Letterbox yeah. really needs a function where I can cross-check people rather than just looking at this and being like, ah, yes, well, I know Brad. Tagged here and Mark is tagged here, but I have to click each one individually to see if that's actually a thing. It's just annoying. That's well, all I'm no, saying. I mean, like, what that, the? that sounds right to me. But like, wow. So like, we're, when we when we went on these road trips to see movies in college, you didn't go to school with us, did you? Yes, he did. Well, yeah, I did. <laughs> I was you. He definitely. I did. just wasn't in the same. I wasn't, wasn't in the cinema department. I was definitely in well, the same so school. We've definitely met each other. Yes. Then. I don't know why you were like. No, I, I think we met each other. He had classes with um, this movie. He had classes I, with a professor that we've talked about in the show before, but we always bleep out because we don't want to use his name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, I took a, oh. that animation class with him one of those years for the honors yes. thing, and it was it was good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you um? Now I forget what class that I took. I took like two weeks of a class with him. And then I I couldn't take it for some reason. But okay, so we all kind of do know each other. I like how you said what? you couldn't take it, and that can go in two separate ways, which I could Knowing like, yeah. that professor, yeah. 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 Like a sexual way. Um, I don't, okay, know what, um... I don't even know what you meant by that, other than... <laughs> like, Never mind. Uh, Never mind. Well, I, I, I think the joke was obvious for the listeners. I hope it was. Yeah, sure. Um, what do you... Well... I couldn't. No, no. I, well, I don't. I don't because my brain didn't even go to the. I'm. I have. Anyway, no, I Brad, Brad, myself. what? Introduce yourself to the listeners, other than being the guy who's been in Danny's phone wrong. The, <laughs> Hi, yeah. the last uh, I've been, uh, I went to university with you, Danny, over at SIU for what was supposed to be four years, but turned into three because I. While I liked hanging out with you guys, SIU was kind of terrible. <laughs> for, yeah, at I least think, uh... for some of the stuff that I was doing. So I wanted to get out of there sooner rather than later. Mm. 
What were you doing? Uh, right now, after that, I went and did more school at uh, this time in Florida because my parents had moved to Florida, and so I figured, hey, live with them for a few years and get the computer science degree that I turned into a minor for SIU just so I could get out of there sooner. Uh, now I uh, mm. work at Intel. Cool. And do oh, fun text. Nice. Yeah. yeah, before we ask you our... Oh, my phone's not on mute. I'm sorry, guys. That's awful. My God. I can't believe this. It's your podcast. Uh, Brad, I, you know, what were we talking about just now? Because I I just had a moment of like, I just want to ask you about working at Intel. But we have a movie podcast. And I got a conversation for after. (laughs) All right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Before we ask Brad the Pixar questions, I have something very important to ask Brad, which is. So Brad and I became fast friends because Brad would go to literally any movie. I was like, let's go to the movies. Yes. Brad would be there to be both my ride. handy ride. <laughs> yeah, my handy ride and person talked to about the movie on the way back. Yeah. Um, so Brad probably has several movies. I think one that really comes to my mind is us seeing Batman versus Superman and me having a meltdown yes. in the car. But that's yes. not what I'm here for i'm here for is i want brad to give me a guess of because on my letterbox i have tagged every movie retroactively because i didn't have a or i just started a letterbox back when i was in school with you i've retroactively added a with brad tag to every movie we saw together brad with this in mind how many films do you think we saw together oh god Please don't over guess. Don't make don't make me sound like I'm an idiot for being excited about this. Please don't <laughs> guess too high. <laughs> I was gonna say something like I feel like it's at least like twenty, because we saw a lot of films. Twenty? Yeah. <laughs> You're guessing as low as twenty. It's higher than. It's I, definitely I'm, higher than twenty. <laughs> I'm not. I have not watched that many movies afterwards. So my or before. So my frame of reference is a lot. Brad's frame of reference for cinema is fall 2014. To May 2017. <laughs> yeah, we saw pretty much everything that was in the theater. We saw... Get, the, Brad, you underguessed by 95 films. We have 115 diary entries together. You are one of my Holy most with tagged people. Now, I want you... I want you... Well, since you don't remember any of them, I think I'll just tell you from what our first one I remember a good chunk of that. Do you I remember our first the... one? I remember the first one, yes, actually. Yes, because I, I remember it was the... Inc- I can't remember the name, but it was the incredibly stupid one with the 20% brain thing and weird... Yeah, can't remember the name. I just remember hating the concept and it bothering me to no end. Uh, that Limitless? Fil- what? No, Mark. We're not that young. It was... What? Well... Lucy with Scarlett Lucy, Johansson. Lucy, yes. For something I was thinking it was Alice. It was going to be one of those anthropological relevant name things. Yes, Lucy. Based off yes. the monkey that... Or not the monkey, the prototypical human. Blah, blah, now, blah. I was going to have you guess what our last movie together was, but it's actually very fitting. Because it is the lost city of Z. Oh, so we went from yeah, Lucy was... to... From A to Z. <laughs> Lucy yes. to... So that, those At least Lost City of Z was a good, well, sure. Z was a good movie. <laughs> yeah. and I feel like pointing out, even though it's 115, letterbox counts shorts, so if we hide the shorts, it's probably a little less. Let me hide the shorts really quick and see what that is. 112. 
So yeah, still, still, still a lot more than twenty. Still, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the twentieth movie we saw together, just for the record, was Mark full time two, four, six, eight. Mark full time. Are you asking me 10, to fill? Oh, 12, do you think that the Lost 14, City of Z 16. opens with the very first line being someone Ooh. in class being like? Professor, what's the lost city of Zed? And then everyone in the audience goes, Oh. Brad, anyway. Our 20th movie together is a classic film. If one of these few films on here that I think everyone would say has become a bona fide classic since 2014. It's a film that I text you about whenever a new installment of the franchise comes out. Ooh. See, now I'm trying to remember because I was. St- 2014 was in that early period. Yeah, freshman year. I can't believe you tricked Brad into playing a game. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm so guess good at which movies I get of the hundred. I think, I think that's movies. the best thing I can give you. It came out in 2014, which I know you're not encyclopedic, but it's a movie that I continue to text you about when new entries of this franchise comes out. And this is the first entry of the franchise. First, cool. It's not that. It's not Shin Godzilla because that was 2016. But that's one we've been text. I think we texted yeah. about. Like for like Shin Ultraman, not it's not that. I I'll give more perspective. We saw the first two movies together, and then the last two have come out since we both graduated college. John Wick. Yes, John Wick. Ah, John Wick. Twenty right. first <laughs> was Interstellar, so pretty good I, time. I forgot, in yeah, I forgot when John Wick was. I didn't realize it was twenty fourteen. I, I remember like the first John Wick was like dumped. I yeah. remember we. I think we saw that with Julius like on the last day they were showing, and they were only showing it for like two weeks because it wasn't doing yeah. well. But then it was huge on home video, and of course, exactly. the rest is history. Really <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, alright, Mark. Mark what? hates the game, so I'm gonna stop. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to take a trip down memory Brad, lane. <laughs> now, am I, I don't know if I'm connecting dots. Are you the person that's always like, we want more games? No, no. Brad doesn't listen to this show at all, Brad. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well... Good on you. I don't know why I think that person's name is also Brad, but I mean, maybe I don't have any <laughs> um, idea who that person is. I think is. that person's name but is Jack, and anyway. it's his brother who said that. Ah, okay. Well, anyway, that does, that's, doesn't mean anything. So, are you... Now, now I'm kind of interested in this. Are you just not a big movie guy, Brad? It's it's more that I just don't really go out there's that often. It's like, I mean, obviously I'm not as big... I'm not a go out to the movies all the time i have seen a few things since then i usually uh, text you when there's something i'm like you gotta see this like godzilla exactly. minus like, one uh, i was like godzilla minus this. one that was fantastic uh boy in the hair and i saw that right afterwards also fantastic good i, I, I don't think you ever text me about boy in the hair i'm glad you saw it yeah i saw it uh, with my brother i think yeah uh, but there was i saw shin ultraman when it came out got really annoyed because the movie theater does the classic thing where it's a movie that's they have the japanese uh uh, uh, with subtitles and English dub and they misplayed which one on which day so I got to sit through an English dub of uh, Shin Ultraman which is perhaps the worst way to experience that film. Out of curiosity <laughs> did you see the dub or the sub of Heron? I saw the sub of that they did not cool. mess that one up <laughs> Cool. cool. I, we, we did actually an episode on it where we watched both of them. <laughs> we both went to go see it twice. But yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there was that was yeah. pretty fruitful. Yeah, yeah, there's been a few. I've seen a few. Maybe I saw the most recent John Wick when that one came out. Mm-hmm. I saw. Yeah. There's been occasionally where I'll watch a movie online with my brother. Like I think we recently 
we've been catching a few classics like uh, I think we recently rewatched uh, for the second time now No Country for Old Men <laughs> that's a movie that's <laughs> embarrassingly still on my blinds like I've never seen it oh man so... you gotta you you and your special someone gotta like watch it together I think she's like, seen it uh... oh, she showed wow, me one of her favorite she... movies the other day Fried Green Tomatoes um Oh, you know, that's kind of a blind spot for me. That's one of those titles that I really like, and I've never checked it out. She said something anyway. really nice before, but I'll keep it between us, because who knows? Like, maybe maybe she'll come No, maybe she'll come on the show someday. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And then but. before all that, oh yeah, I caught Dune uh, when that one came out, and I'm definitely going to catch the sequel the moment that one Mark and I don't like Dune. It's kind of controversial. Yeah. Ah. Well, I actually don't mind Dune. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mark's that... my one friend who likes Dune. Let me get that. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't even like Dune. It's just that when you read the book, I think you supply a lot of what makes Dune cool. Yeah. So, All right. To be fair, it's know. more that I'm just a fan of Dennis Villeneuve. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We saw Arrival together. Arrival. Yeah. Great. We saw Arrival. I uh, we saw we Sicario. Saw... No, we didn't. You had graduated by the time Blade Runner 2049 came out. And yes, we I, saw yeah, Sicario. Yeah, I've never together. actually caught Blade Runner 2049, but we did catch <laughs> Sicario together, and then I retroactively went and watched Enemy as well. With, you uh, gotta Jeff watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I it's do. So good. I know it's it's so good because that was I actually hadn't seen Blade Runner until like a few years ago. I caught that one with my brother, so I definitely need to catch twenty forty nine as well. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's I like it more than Dune. I think it's probably I know Arrival is my favorite film of his, but then twenty forty nine is right after it. Yeah, uh, um, have you seen Enemy? Yeah. I wasn't too big on it. That's not really my scene. It's like yeah, I was just it's, in a bit, a, it's a bit more on the abstract side. <laughs> This is going to be an annoying moment for listeners of both my podcasts where I bring up the same tangent on both podcasts, but I was arguing with someone yesterday about, like, what is the great four-film run right now of, like, any director besides Scorsese? Because Scorsese is the obvious pick always. Because that man is consistent. Like, just consistent, right? Um, So, people brought up Villeneuve. People brought up Nolan. People brought up... The person who brought it up was Yorgos Lanthimos. And the reason I bring that up is I feel like Enemy to me kind of fits where I feel about most of Yorgos Lanthimos' films that I'm just like, I don't I, you know. I just don't vibe with it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be boring. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think, because, like, the last... Because my mind goes to Coen Brothers, because the last one that we we actually saw, I think, their most recent... Well, I don't well, know. Well, they've, they've split up, is the thing. They've, um, they've done um, their own separate films. I New one comes we, out in a few weeks. I think we caught the last, like... The, the did last they do Hail together. Caesar together? Yeah, that's the last one they did together. Oh, yeah, wait, no, 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 no. They had a Netflix movie they did. They did the ah, Bible okay, Strikes, there was a Netflix set. But we, which yeah, is pretty good. Yeah, we caught the last one they did in theaters together then. I mean, we did my, go-to answer, my go-to answer is always Wes Anderson, but also, like, we have to get past Isle of Dogs before I feel comfortable saying that in a public setting. Um, <laughs> and right now, that is the... If we count the Netflix shorts... We need one more to get. If we count the Netflix shorts this film, if we don't count the Netflix shorts this film, we have two more to get away from Isle of Dogs. That man does not work fast. Um, well, but well, I mean, if we're talking three films, then you have, you can't not discuss a Jordan Peele in that. Group. Oh well, that, that's why I says like Jordan Peele and Marielle Heller. And I know you don't necessarily know who Marielle Heller is, but those are two people. I'm like they're three for three, they're both on their third film. The next one will be their fourth, uh, and I think they're all great. Um, and who was the other person I said was like three for three? I don't know. There was someone else I was like, this person's like really. Oh, I said Spike Lee. Um, oh yeah. Counting his concert film for David Byrne, he did for HBO Max as yeah. a film. 
Because his last three have just been so good. Actually, I think, I, I think Black Klansman's fine, but it's good. It's not. It's not a bad say, movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. That was that was the most recent of his that I caught. I think, and I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, you don't have I, Netflix. I, if you have ever get a Netflix free trial, you gotta watch the Five Bloods. That's my f- yeah. Like that's up there, like with top tier Spike Lee to me. Like okay, top tier is Malcolm X and Do the Right Thing, like back to back, and then underneath <laughs> it's the Five Bloods. <laughs> like I, I will not put on the same level as those two, but yeah, yeah. Um, but Brad, anyways, I wonder, sorry. I wondered if you had like, well, just I mean, you, so you like watched a lot of films with Danny, but I I do want to ask, do you have like memories from your childhood of watching like Finding Nemo or anything like that? Yeah, doesn't have to be Finding Nemo. I, I mean, just, Finding I Nemo in particular, memories. there was a lot of no, my no, no. exposure. <laughs> I just lift, I just threw that out there I because know. sometimes people like I'm asked like, what are your experiences with Pixar? And people were like, I have no concept of film studios until I'm like 17 or something. <laughs> now, I was aware of that just because of, well, okay, I can't, I was acutely aware. I had for the longest time since I was at least seven years old, a specific dislike of Disney in particular, not Pixar, just Disney. <laughs> I for for whatever reason I didn't like as I was you know I was in like reading class and I was reading the original Grimm's fairy tales and I was annoyed like why is Disney just making these but worse <laughs> and that and that was were... and that just kind of stuck with me and I always I always enjoyed Pixar stuff whenever it came up but I always had this bit of annoyance towards Disney even when I was at a very young age. Hmm. So like, you did did you not feel that when you saw something like because Pixar movies are usually like original stories, right? You know. So did you feel differently about like oh like these toys are going on this maybe yeah. like, like, hero's journey or whatever? It's just kind of like, like did, was I mean, that more appealing to you? It was actually. Like I, I'm trying to think. I when it comes to like it's just going off of the example you're going off i feel like i only remember like the first half of the first toy story i think i caught the second one more often but just in general yeah just the appeal of it felt like there was more creativity because they had freedom with where they could take the story rather than uh, feeling like it was a watered down version of these original stories which brad though may may i put for the record this was seven year old me perspective oh well i was gonna say (laughs) for the record Brad and I did see, I believe, two Disney animated films together, according to the Letterboxd list. You'll have um, to remind uh, me which. <laughs> well, let, I actually want to reopen it, because I think it might not. I don't I know think... if it counts if you, like, brought him there. <laughs> well, no, no, but he has an opinion on the film. You got an opinion on the yeah, film. Yeah, I know, I know, but I'm just, I'm, I just mean, like... I don't know if it's representative you saw, of your viewing taste, you Brad. Saw, if, you, if you have like 300 films logged with Danny or saw. <laughs> You saw Zootopia? I am. And Moana. Yeah, I Moana's like Moana. a classical Disney. Moana's fantastic. Zootopia, I actually don't remember too much about. Yeah, honestly, Zootopia is something where I definitely have always felt like I need to revisit that. Cause yeah, because like that peak. one just kind of faded from my memory quite well, a bit. Like, I. It, like you mentioning that I've Z- seen Z- Zootopia just reminded me that I ever saw it. <laughs> I mention this whenever Zootopia comes out. Is that Zootopia is like March 2016 peak. Trump will never get elected. Movie, um, so <laughs> it's a movie where it's like I should revisit that in the modern world and see how it holds up because it's very much like we don't need like Obama solved everything. Like look what this movie can talk about. 
happened. Just um, look at the timing for Storks. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> um, do you remember the first movie we saw post-election? I'm curious. Because it actually was a big deal that we made this our first movie post-election. No, I actually I remember... We went and visited Champagne and our friend Matt Smith... To see oh, Moonlight, yeah, was, and his parents like yeah, made us a meal. Yeah, Moonlight. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was that was really good. That was uh, a nice. movie oh. that I am. The biggest issue I have with Moonlight is that every now and then it reminds me of another movie we saw, Magic in the Moonlight, by title alone, and that's the movie that I will always forget <laughs> that I ever saw. It was that. Familiar. I I just <laughs> talked about it on a podcast recently because we talked about Woody Allen. It's like, what's your experience with Woody Allen? And it was like, well, I saw Magic in the Moonlight. <laughs> I saw Magic in the Moonlight, and then within a month forgot that I ever saw it to the point where you're having a discussion with me and bringing up this movie, and I'm like, I don't remember this movie. It's like, we just saw it. I'm like, it was that forget. I already forgot it. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask again about the Grimm's Fairy? Like, just because I got kind of stuck on this, is was it something about like the language or like the violence in the original stories that appealed to you more than the Disney? Is that what you mean yeah. by watered well, down? Well, just in the sense of uh, some ca- uh, some cases that felt like the uh, the Disney films weren't willing to go as far with the messaging of it. Like Disney would, you know, would pull its punches. Like it would pull the punches of the original story. Again, this was seven-year-old me. So also just things like, oh, if you look at the original Cinderella, it's a bit more graphic in the sense that they literally—it's not like they tried to fit the glass slippers over their messed-up heel or toe. It's no, they cut off their heel and their toe at the hest of their father in order to fit it into those glass slippers. And there's a bird flying along, singing. Look at the blood coming out of the shoe. <laughs> Mm, I got you. Yeah. Well, okay, cool, well Mark cool, is cool. caught up yeah, on this. I'm just... Sorry, go on. <laughs> well, I, well, I'm I'm caught I'm caught up. I I know we have very different interests. Well, I was just gonna say that's... because Brad's only Disney movie he ever liked was Moana. Moana two was announced today, and oh. that's gonna date when we record this episode appropriately. Moana. <laughs> Well, here we we got to get to the big question I know is on the audience's mind is that uh we're watching what like what we're we're talking about are we storks. <laughs> That's the what, why why are we watching storks, Danny? Well, oh is this is this me entering the the movie? Is that 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 what that, that was? I don't know if it's an I mean just an, answer the question well, of storks why is a storks. Detour. Or you can, you can read the thing Mark, on the page. You just, you just, okay, you the just, detour. You just, now you gotta say it the cool way I say it because he cut me off. Storks! Detour! <laughs> no. There you go, that's what I needed. There. Alright. I'm here. Uh, storks is a film released, the second film ever released by Warner Animation Group, a company we'll talk about later today because uh, they recently basically closed... <laughs> In June, 20- they didn't close. They rebranded. Um, they will no longer be called WAG. They're just Warner Brothers Animation, no longer Warner Animation Group or whatever they were. Um, mm. now, and now it's Warner Bros. Picture Animation, whereas it was Warner Animation Group. Um, and this is their second film. It is a film direct in after its- what the Lego Movie, um, oh. which. Basically, let me, let me, let me, let me, let's slow down a bit. Okay. I can tell you the whole rise and fall of WAG very quickly, and we can talk about more later. WAG comes on the scene 2014 with the Lego movie. Huge hick. 
brings Phil Lord and Chris Miller the clothes they've always wanted and desired. Uh, accolades, sorry. You know, I mess up words. Um, <laughs> they always wanted and desire. Gives Warner Brother an exciting new way to introduce their studio to the company. They then do nothing for two years, which is not how you launch an animation studio. <laughs> and they initially are going to come back with Lego Batman and then advertise Storks on Lego Batman. Something happens where Lego Batman and Storks' release dates get switched, and Storks is the second film. Um, and this is where I'll give you the normal Storks facts. Storks. Uh, by the way, so we're covering Storks because it's directed by two people. One is Nicholas Stoller, who is a very prolific director of both R-rated comedies. He wrote The Muppets, so he has roots in family storytelling, too. But it's also directed by Doug Sweetland. This is the only film directed by Doug Sweetland. Doug Sweetland directed Mark's least favorite short of all time, Presto, the one about the rabbit that Mark inexplicably doesn't understand how a rabbit can have a hat. Um... <laughs> And it's funny because that's such a like incisive remark about my problems with that short film. How can the rabbit anyway, have a hat? Can uh, continue with your your thing. Hold on, I'm sorry, I just accidentally closed all my windows. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> hey, so Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Wait, 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 I'm, back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. I got and it. They I got, had a lot I got of Lego it. movies planned. Well, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got it, I got it, I got it. Do you even it. have it on? Okay, okay, okay. okay I just okay. wanted to. Have, I, I will need a list of the movies in front of me. But Storks bombs at the box office, even though Wikipedia implies that it did well. It says a box office success. It earned 183 million worldwide against a 7 million dollar budget. Uh, no, that's not a success. I hate to put it to you bluntly. That is. You barely broke even. You obviously aren't going to get a sequel. Um, and what was I going to... Well, how much did it make in the U.S.? Because I remember in the U.S. it was... Consi- yeah, it made $72 million in the U.S. Which, to be very blunt, if you're a CGI animated movie in the U.S., if you don't make $100 million, you kind of messed up. The Good Dinosaur made over $100 million, right? And that's like a big bomb. Storks couldn't even get to 80. Let's be real here. Like, Storks did really bad. In the U.S. and makes me even if it did how much of that was because of the swap with the release date. <laughs> uh, I think the marketing also just looked really cheap. Yeah, I, I remember this didn't look that good from the trailers. Yeah. I wanted to see it because Phil Lord and Chris Miller produced it, and I had good vibe. And I also like Nicholas Stoller's work, and I like Presto. Um, but we'll get into it when we saw it. So I just want to quickly run through. They followed up with Storks with the Lego Batman movie, which does decently well. But then the Lego Ninjago movie bombs. And the bigger issue with these two films coming out is they dilute the Lego brand so much that when Lego 2 comes out, it does barely $100 million. Dropping from the first one, which made about like $290 million, and completely annihilating Lego as a reasonable franchise to have. Um, in this time, the only thing they put out is Smallfoot, which is another Full Lord and Chris Miller thing that I think was in development at the same time as Storks. Um, and then they put out the Scooby-Doo movie they did that got released to streaming during COVID that was really bad. And last year they put out, well, two years ago they put out a movie about superhero pets. And all their other stuff is like, oh, Tom and Jerry and Space Jam, which aren't even really animated movies. <laughs> like, they're live-action combos. And they're currently under rebranding, which is why they've recently been in the news because Coyote vs. Acme was tried to be written off tax-wise. But basically, they were a mismanaged... The thing is, is like we've talked about this in Mark and I have talked about this with um, Pixar. We've talked about it with DreamWorks. Um, you need to basically be able to start branding immediately, right? When Toy Story came out, they had a bug's life. 
when Shrek came out, they had Shark Tale coming out. You know, like, they had stuff set up to continue. Lego Movie, waiting two years for Storks is pretty rough. Uh, you need to have Stork, you should have had Storks out a year, or you should have had a movie out. And I'm not saying it has to be Storks, but they should have had a movie out. Honestly, even, like, October 2014, right? Like, because Lego's February 2014. Day, even if it's not people watching in the theaters, like, at least in my experience as a kid, my exposure to Pixar was rainy days at school, locked inside for recess, what do they play? And you're going to need a new movie all the exactly. time in order to have a new movie to put on the screen for kids to watch. Like, to be blunt, I hate this company. I've talked about how I hate this company. But Illumination has done a lot in the span of like very short time to become a brand name. Yes. They have. They 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 know how to brand themselves. They know they had Despicable Me. They immediately followed up a year later with Hop, which was a combination movie, so not really. But then they really followed up like a year and a half later with the Lorax, yeah. which had a trailer for Despicable Me two on it. So it's like they knew how to brand. They always have the menus in their ads. And they've branched out recently to other franchises like Secret Life Pets, seeing the Seuss stuff in Mario, right? And all this stuff is all branded by the minions. So you now they are feelings on them as are probably close to the same as your feelings on them. Oh yeah, I don't like them, but the, they're marketing geniuses. <laughs> I, I will never, I will never dispute that Illumination is in a spot right now where I think they are the biggest animation studio oh, among yeah. kids because and they I know how to it. brand. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I and like I hate it. <laughs> did I did I finish that so, on Mike? What my boss's opinion on the Mario movie was? Is that the one where it was like, why it was? She thought it was an adaptation of some like giant political crisis, wasn't it? No, no, not at all. I wish that no. was someone's opinion no, on it. That I, sounds I, fantastic. We were, we were talking, we were that sounds about more interesting than the movie. <laughs> we're talking about it at work, about it versus Elemental, because we went on the both for field trips, and I just said offhand, like, well, you know, Elemental at least had a story. Mario didn't have a plot. And all she heard was Mario didn't have a plot. And she goes, I know, that's what made it so good. It was just the game. And I'm like... I don't want to argue. <laughs> That's not what I meant. What? But it's, it's I'll fine. admit, <laughs> I didn't even see the Mario movie because I knew I wouldn't enjoy it. It, it was, it was a rough time. Uh, so, what's. I just watched Storks the other day. When did y'all watch Storks? We watched it when it came out. Storks, Brad was Why? immediately when I knew it was going to be on this pro Like, literally, when we conceptualized the podcast. Anyway. We're going to go watch every movie Pixar's made and every movie the Pixar directors have made. And I know Storks on the list. I was like, well, I have to ask Brad for this movie. Because yeah. this is a movie I believe we've both only seen once. But, you know, we saw so many bad movies in theaters just to see a movie. And this is one we they see, like, all right, it's a bad kid's movie. Let's handle it. And we both thought it was hysterical. We both it's, thought it was really great. It is probably the best animated kid's... Well, okay, I can't say the best because there were... Well, the way, in terms of what we saw in theaters, it was, it was the best. Is this uh, better than Moana? Moana. Okay. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen Moana too recently, but this is pretty up there. <laughs> I got to say, um, we can go straight into our thoughts, because that's basically the gist of the story. Is Brian and I saw so many movies together. This is the movie I always point to as this was the like best surprise we got when we were watching yes. movies. Because this is a movie that has, I think, like 65% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it, is, it bombed to the box like office. Completely undeserved. Like it, it's a. <laughs> I, it's, I don't know. I'm like, curious what Mark's gonna say. I think this is still a great movie. Like yeah. I want to be clear. It's what I label. This is like a very specific thing for Danny. It's like 
it is a 3.5 out of 5 classic because it is not aiming high, but what it is aiming to do, it does perfectly. But I cannot, in good conscience, go higher than a 3.5 personally on right. this film. It's... But because I'll be real, I will forget everything that happened in that movie a week ago. But in a way, that helps the movie because whenever we watch it, I will have forgotten all the jokes. <laughs> so. It... <laughs> my thoughts on it at least the very basics is like that style of humor it's not just slapstick comedy because that's what you think into you know we are because when we caught this it was right at the time where there were several other animated kids movies coming out there was secret life of pets before this during the summer I, we saw the trailer for boss baby during it boss baby which, great film Uh, (laughs) i mean actually i'm not kidding but i know you don't like it so yeah (laughs) i'm gonna see we'll keep talking about it i'm gonna see if i can find some data for us because i might have it saved on the internet somewhere there's because i because i just saw it again uh just just yesterday just to refresh my memory on it because i'd forgotten a lot and it does there the style of comedy isn't just slapstick comedy because you you can usually get a lot of those in kid movie but it's uh are you familiar with the films from uh, the Zucker Brothers? Uh, films yes. like Airplane? Yes. Or, yeah, it's very much that style of comedy for a lot of it. Of just ratcheting up absurdity as the joke itself. And you don't really get that too often in a lot of animated kids films for the comedic side of things. Where they just keep layering the absurdity onto itself to the point where you think that's the end of the joke and then they find another way to push it even further. All right. For and the record, that's what makes it so enjoyable and fun. For the record, I have found a list of the trailers we saw at Storks because there was a time I kept track of it was on the internet. Um, we saw it in an empty theater. I have that confirmed now from where I kept track of it on the internet. Um, <laughs> the trailers we got were Monster Trucks, oh, Middle School, God. The Worst Years of My Life, Sing, Trolls, Smurfs, Lost Village, Lego Batman, and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So, I think I like Lego Batman of those. Uh, yeah, Lego Batman I, was. I am. Fun. I am a defender of trolls, but not. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, not, <laughs> not strong. But I'm not gonna go too hard on them. Yes, but yeah, like my way of putting it is like this: they always manage to find a way to go one bit further than you think would be the end of the joke. Yes, like the mm. the most prominent one is obviously the wolf pack bits. But like that's the one that would be to the <laughs> kids. About that. I <laughs> of, mean, I also sorry. Go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut like, you off. I mean, the first immediate one is the, the one that really does this particular joke is the Wolfpack Bridge, where it's like, all right, you're expecting them. Okay, all right, they're doing a silly thing where they're going to form a tower. All right, the wolves stack together. They're going to fall over to the other side. It'll be a simple bridge, whatever. But no, it keeps going further. They have the ridiculously muscular one that pops up on top. It spreads its legs in a perfect split. And then you cut to the side. It's like, oh no, they're making a whole suspension bridge with wolf chains laying down wolf-shaped platforms to fill the thing. They just keep layering it and layering it. I, I want to get into the gags, definitely, when we yes. talk about this. But I want two things first before we do that. Brad, although I, I really appreciate you going for that. Uh, and I will go for it too, don't worry. But I want Mark to give his thoughts because he's being eerily silent. <laughs> And I also want to implore the listeners, before we spoil all the best jokes for you, this movie is on Netflix. You should watch it. It is a good movie. Uh, Mark's probably going to deflate me and Brad's sales right now. I I feel it in my bones. It feels like one of those days where Mark was going to be like, this was such a chore to get through. 
but I implore everyone, this is on Netflix right now, it's very accessible. If you have Netflix, it's an 85-minute film with credits. You, you, can, you can find time to fit this in your day if you listen to this podcast and enjoy a really good slapstick comedy. All right, Mark, come to, come deflate yeah, the uh, show. Come deflate the show. No, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not like being quiet in a hopefully not an ominous way. I'm just. I thought that I was gonna have to come on and kind of defend it a little bit, but now that you guys I see are so positive about it, I'm a little more like. I want to say things that I didn't love so much about it. Oh, there are issues. There, um, as I said, it's yeah, like but I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt because movie. I think it's interesting to compare yeah. it to something like the Z- the Zucker Brothers movies because that's not where my brain goes immediately, especially after I actually started Lego Batman because my mind. I started Lego Batman yesterday because my brain went on like this journey and i found a lot more that's just interesting that you make that comparison i think this is a better film than those movies personally Uh, i don't know if it's a better film than lego batman i haven't even like finished lego batman and i oh well the ending's the worst part of lego batman it's like the endings the ending of storks is much better than lego batman no no the ending of lego batman is the worst part of lego batman oh okay yeah, I don't know if they're how they're gonna stick that landing, but I just I just think of like if I had to unify the jokes and storks under a banner, um, I would I would say that there's a lot of storks that seems rooted in like I don't I don't really know how to explain this, but it's like the kind of jokes that kids make. I yeah. think that um, it. It really was a bad idea for me to watch the Ninjago short that accompanied this film. And it's, of course, Brad, I'm sure you haven't seen that. So it's like not something that is really. No, he has. He's seen it. He just probably doesn't remember because he's. Theaters and I don't remember it. Oh, well. I sent them both your way, but you didn't have to watch them. Not not a requirement. (laughs) It's just that in the Ninjago short, the way. I, I think that the humor in Lego movies is pretty consistent. And I think that that is like little kid humor. And I think there are a lot of references that adults can get. But I think that a lot of that humor comes from the way little kids will go right to what is like the. They. they not. No, I don't mean to like make this a big umbrella thing. But I feel like little kids will sometimes go right to what is most obviously like the incongruous thing and say that or latch on to that part of it and you know uh like run run with that and that is that's little kid humor and i i feel like there's there's some of there's some of that in the dialogue where he's like oh man i want to hang out with you know you guys this weekend and then then they say they're all busy and then he has the line where he's like ah no totally didn't care if you guys actually were available this weekend because i'm busy too and that's actually not a great example because it's a bit more what i think about with the honestly the lego ninjago movie is way more like present in my mind than storks is (laughs) because i don't know why you watch the lego ninjago movie no 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 i watched the short Oh, okay. Well, don't watch the movie. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> well, I, I just, uh, and I, I here's my deal with storks. 
is I think that it is a totally fine 90-minute film. I didn't think that it was hard to get through, but I don't think that it's, like, rewarding. I think it's very interesting. I think that the weird... I, I don't... The, the reason I'm surprised by the Zucker Brothers comparison is because I do think that Zucker Brothers have a consistent tone and a consistent way of telling the jokes and a recognizable way of, you know, raising the, um, you know, raising the absurdity in situations. But I don't see that in this film. I see a lot of different things this going on. And that's like, is all a... right. Um, but that's just why that comparison threw me. This is a movie that is made up of an almost not almost non entirely because it's got a bunch of this type of humor but when you said the joke you just said mark i did not think about the lego movies i did not think about the zucker brothers i'll be honest i still haven't seen yeah, that the was a bad movies. example i can't remember a lot of the um, jokes but, and storks well i want to talk about that joke mark <laughs> i don't Do know it. why he keeps not me. letting me um that joke is like and there's a lot of jokes in the movie like this like, my favorite joke in Up is nothing to do with the dog. It's just in the opening of Up, when we get the newsreel footage, and the newsreel guy goes, Muntz vowed to return without... Vowed never to return unless he found the bird. And then it cuts to Muntz saying, I vow never to return until I find the bird. I find that stuff really funny. I'm sorry, it's just my sense of humor, where it's like, yes, repeat exactly what you just said. Like, I think it's funny to just repeat. And that is what that joke is, is like, over explain the joke to make it funny again that is what storks does a lot <laughs> yeah it's like yeah maybe that's a yeah yeah it's a very specific yeah. angle of humor but i think compared to something like as i saw this with my family right before it uh in like june of when it came out in theaters at uh, secret life of pets and that one just fell completely, <laughs> that one just fell completely flat for me. it was boring and all of the jokes like Ooh, you have a nervous chihuahua that pees itself and you hold on the chihuahua peeing itself for 10 seconds straight and that's the joke and that's just yeah no it's not funny at all it's just kind of eh. or this, like this, one, this is just sorry go on yeah where this word is like the humor was not something you can go oh this is the joke it, oh, it's what catches you off guard by seeing how far it can push it in seeing how much they can escalate things where you don't see the end punchline coming. And it's something where a thing can start as not a joke and then become a joke. Like I think very specifically, the first time the camera pans over and sees Jasper, and Jasper's like, my child, my child, or whatever he says. It's like, okay, that's a weird plot to throw in this movie. And then it just keeps happening literally just Over and over, it just becomes this recurring <laughs> thing. And it just... <laughs> Yeah, and, and um, loves doing that sort of thing. And I, I love also. And this was going to say one. This was going to say when you're talking about the gag with the wolf. Um, my my favorite gag in this movie is the recurred like you're going to be the boss, and it cuts to like a nuclear bomb going off. And at the very end of the movie, he does just the boss thing. You can just see it from his perspective of him just keeping his mouth open for an obnoxiously long amount of time because it no longer has it. Actually, has plot relevance because he no longer has the effect. He no longer. That's the character hey, arc. It's a character arc. The character arc is in the boss joke. Yes. And that's like, also and- 
so many great Chekhov's gags in this movie. Like the glass. The glass is brought up very briefly at the beginning of the movie and then becomes a whole comedic set piece at the end. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know, I think this might be the only animated kids film I've seen that managed to fit in a joke about gentrification. <laughs> and again, that's not really funny to me the first time. But then when they keep repeating it, it's like, okay, it well now Because he's fun. keep having to explain himself why he's such an idiot. <laughs> because no one can believe someone's that stupid. I also just think the movie, the movie exists in this really clever realm where it's like you think it's just a gag that he has to like put put his finger in for a ridiculous amount of gears to put the emergency stop stop on the baby maker, but no, that's what causes this entire odd couple thing that of course is the center it's, of the movie because it's an animated movie. Plot. Uh, it's like, well, that's smart because I honestly thought it, the gag was just that it was a ridiculous amount of gears and he was going to get cartoon injured. Like and, that, and that's the nice thing is every bit of it. Like it's not just that it sets up these gags; but they stick around. They don't just oh gag over onto the next one. <laughs> like mm. the, some of the consequences tend to stick around for it. Like yes, and it's not a consequence, a comedic consequence. It. Yeah, like they yeah. crash the plane; it doesn't fly again. <laughs> they don't just go. Oh, we're back up on nope. That that they don't do that. They they yeah. keep with it. I think, though, that there's something that's bothering me, and it's hard to explain it because. Mark it's is an sad this movie didn't something. have sex. What do you, see, that's the kind of joke that storks would make. And it does I make that like, joke a few times. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it does make that um, joke a few times. They're like, we have to make babies the old fashioned way now. They say that constantly in this movie. <laughs> Oh, now I see what you mean. Um, yeah, well, they don't... I, I, honestly, they don't say that as much as I wish they would have. I think that it's kind of like... It's it's there on the table waiting to be picked up, and it's like, well, this movie's not really about... You know, these these could be any, like, kind of creature, and, the, the, you know, that the, the joke just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter that they're storks, you know? Um... Because, like, that is the joke about storks, is that they're the source of babies, and I think that's kind of dropped. Um, I'm I'm still tr stuck on the Zucker Brothers comparison, and why, <laughs> I'm like, why does that not sit with me? And I think it's because if you watch one of those movies, and certainly not everything they've made, because a lot of, like, they're, they're all over the place, but I think that in those movies, you the two things that I think about are the wordplay and all the times Leslie Nielsen misunderstands something or some other character has that kind of reaction to something and then there are all of the moments where you you take a moment to its extreme and that extreme is based on genre conventions right. and or, or like a you know repetitive action or something but I think that's kind of that's a little too elemental and not helpful. But I think a lot of the comedy in the Zucker Brothers movies are rooted in the conventions right. of other films. And, well, and I they, think they that take the is... joke that would they take the uh, impactful thing of, you know, the plot setup of whatever thing, like, oh, you just crawled through a thing and escaped from them. And the camera is at the ground level and you just see the pair of boots. That Whoa. would be a setup. And then it pans up and there's no one there. It's that, that, I assume that's what you're referring to as genre convention sort of thing. Well, 
what I well, want sort of but oh, I just sorry. what I'm saying with storks is oh, that I just sorry. like I just don't I don't want to be like I don't get it because that that just leaves that kind of leaves the door open to be like well here's here's what you missed Mark <laughs> right well, well, um, well I think but Ginks... I think I just, I just don't like get what what motivates some of the humor in storks and I'm not saying that there are not jokes in storks I'm just saying that their execution just baffles me because like for example when they bring back the glass later you know yeah we all know that the storks can't see glass but what like why is it just a room full of glass and then it's after a glass the fact, factory they, yeah after the so after the fact they say it's a glass factory no, right before but when <laughs> They pan up. When, There's when, a big old neon sign that says that glass. Says glass. <laughs> yeah, it says glass. Not. It says like it could be like storage room for glass. This is where the glass is, but it's not like a place where you know conveyor belts are going and people are like making glass and things like that. Like, I think, I, I, I it's just like why is there glass here? Can I? And Can then I afterwards just... it's a factory, but it's just like, I just feel like all of these things are untethered and that makes it kind of unsatisfying for me. Like the pigeon toady character or just no, the fact we... that all of these people have like, the, these Can we slow have, down? Like, complicated You're jumping names. ahead to the entire movie. We still haven't yeah. talked about like, you guys, like, you guys are off talking about well, is this a Zucker movie I mean... or not. And I, like, I've been, I, I just want to give an answer to that. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I think that like maybe my thoughts are not as orderly as I thought they were when I came in, and you, then you said that, and then I'm like, oh, this is an interesting angle. But okay, well, okay. I hate to make it like boring, but my thing is, yes, I guess it is Zucker inspired. But the thing is, one thing I've heard to say about Warner Animation Group, but you might have noticed if you watched the Christmas movie or if Mark did. I'm not saying Mark has to do this, but I think Mark usually reads like the Wikipedia page a bit before we come on. Um, this Warner Animation Group is not an animation studio. It is a group. Okay, it is branding under Warner Brothers to contract out their animation to other studios. And this film and Smallfoot, which are the two Lord Miller projects by them that are not done by... Not not Lego. Were done by Sony Pictures Animation, which at this time had done Clive of Chance Meatballs. And Clive of Chance Meatballs is also a movie that's heavily inspired by the Zucker Brothers. I think this is just a example of the Phil Lord and Chris Miller comic style that we will talk about their work with Sony again, because the Spider-Verse movies actually fall under this podcast. But those movies are not nearly as comedic as what Clive of Chance Meatballs was trying to be, what Storks is, and what Smallfoot is as well, even though we're not going to talk about Smallfoot ever. Uh, I think I've talked about Smallfoot on this podcast before because it's what I call the woke Yeti movie because um, it is a woke movie about Yetis. But um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but my point is everything here that is with the wordplay, with the sharp camera movements, the gags, like the quick cuts, that's all in Clive of Chance Meatballs. It's also, I would say, in at least the slapstick is very, I think the character designs in the slapstick very much feel like, okay, this is what the guy who did Presto made as his next movie. Like, as this feature film. I think the bunnies look a lot like the stork. The bunny looks a lot like the storks in this movie. Um, I get what you're saying about the Zuckers, Brad. Uh, and, Mark, I get your pushback. But my point I'm trying to make is, yes, this film is inspired by the Zuckers. But it's also... We can't get hung up on that, I feel like. Because if, if it, it's given vibes of, is there a perfect movie? 
uh, which is a conversation we went to have on this podcast. That went <laughs> oh, I don't know if there's a perfect movie. I just think it's I just think it's dumb that they didn't like design the glass factory to look like a glass factory. It's a joke. The whole joke is it's just neon sign labeled. <sighs> but it doesn't even look like a glass. It looks like a Broadway marquee. That's what makes it. Like, like, it's why? comedy. It's a cartoon. <laughs> Well, yeah. What if you like made a funny joke? Like, what if, it, what if it was like Me and Brad it's on the dock? There's not going to be. A, it's the what if you gotta you could have you it can't buy like into the character kind of saying it's a sign. glass factory. How would she know? She's lived with storks for eighteen years. She doesn't know what a factory looks like. Well, and they're on a dock. Just, she lives in a factory. I think like she does know. No, she lives looks. in a warehouse. Of course, okay. she thinks it's okay. a factory. That's she true. lives in Amazon. That's true. And she does live. <laughs> she did get reassigned to the baby factory. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but I mean, there's there's just all kinds of things like that in this where I think the pace is fine, but when you get right down to it, I I question like what the joke is um so th- there is this character pigeon toady and okay we can talk about pigeon toady now we can i, I just wanted yeah. to give a i just wanted to like be like i you're gonna talk about pigeon toady then we're, i'm never gonna be able to say phil lord and chris Miller. okay <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll get there through this weird like path we're taking um but Storks i just fly like, he he just baffles okay. me i don't know be, because the performance that uh, Stephen Kramer Glickman, Stephen Kramer Glickman gives, just doesn't seem like doesn't a man who like a man really who like really like he seems like he has some kind of disorder. He doesn't seem like a guy with a surfer. He, he doesn't seem like a laid back like dude bro. He seems totally disconnected from the other characters. And I think and but they make fun of hard that to know. fact in the film itself. Pigeon where other characters Sorry. react is this character we can't comprehend him. He just kind of exists. He's a caricature to the point where he loses actual dimension. Like the caricature again goes so above and beyond that it stops it changes the actual character to being something that's almost incoherent even within the universe of the sh- of the movie. My opinion on Pigeon Toady is the second he appears, I go, oh yeah, this is the character that everyone thought would be big from this movie. Great. And then I found myself laughing at most of his jokes anyway. Uh, I do think <laughs> the voice is more annoying than funny, but well, the material is funny. Uh, I think the How You Like Me Now joke... I remember dying in the theater at that. Like, one of those types of jokes where you just, like, are crying, laughing in the theater that you don't hear the beginning of the next scene. Uh, very specifically, the moment when the subtitles start appearing and then the subtitles get confused at what's going on, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but also, it's just, it's the type of thing where, you know, like, we, we get these pop, we always get, like, needle drop jokes in kids' movies. Uh, and usually the only time they work is when you give a character who cannot sing the joke. Uh, and I think it works pretty well here. Um, I do think Pigeon Toady does suffer from what I said. Where it's like, you can tell they knew he's like, oh, he's going to be the popular funny character. So we have to have him be a bad guy throughout the whole movie, but then instantly forgiven at the end. And it's like, 
No, this guy's kind of a jerk. I still don't really like him. They don't even necessarily forgive him at the end. They're just, like, baffled by his existence, but just kind of accept it as he's incoherent and we don't get it, but... I mean, I think I think the whole movie because they have the same reaction to him at the start. Yeah, their yeah, opinion I, of him doesn't I, change yeah. throughout the movie. That's true. He has no arc. He's he's just pigeon toady. He has no arc. He just exists, and they're just kind of like, eh. You just learn to ignore him. <laughs> well, and I think he's a jerk because he acts different and his speech is weird. But he loves the work as much as everyone else in the locker room does. So it's not like that's that's what was uh, that's what's unclear to me about him kind of is that of like yes we know that he's supposed to be the jerk and he's supposed to be the uncool guy who sucks up to the boss but then also the main character sucks up to the boss and everyone seems to suck up to the boss so it's not like like what's what's I going on here the most i laughed at this watch of the movie wasn't how you like mousing but i think it's also a microcosm of everything great about this movie is that it will begin a joke and the joke will be something that's very, like, hackneyed. Like, did you like the game last night? Oh, yeah, I definitely liked the game. And it's like, all right, that's not that funny. And then it will keep going on for, like, a solid minute of, like, can't believe we lost. But then we pulled it back. And then we lost again. And you start laughing more and more. And then the scene ends. And then it cuts back to him and goes, wait a second. There was no game last night. And it's just like, there it is. <laughs> really comedic comedy there. <laughs> just, yeah, like I said, the character is so many layers of trying to push this satirical take of like the surfer bro, gotta show off my girlfriend, blah, 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 that it literally no longer makes sense. And even to the characters in the movie, they're just like, he doesn't make sense, but he's here. And I, I counter in a way that that particular joke does make total sense because he's talking to them yes. about the game to try to sound cool at work. And then right. he just keeps making up the most ridiculous game because he's just a weirdo. And then he goes, wait a second, I was making it up. Like, it, it, it all tracks. It all tracks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if there's that much difference in his performance to say when he has moments of realization and when he doesn't, you know? I mean, sure, he, he's Pigeon Toady. I don't think anyone in this movie has moments of realizations besides the leads, really. Like, let's be real here, the two. And even that, I think it's mostly um, the, cur- the girl. Did, I don't, th- do I don't think I don't think Andy Samberg has much worth- of an arc other than, like, the end where it, like, tries to give you an emotional ending and it gives you, like, a montage for, like, a diaper commercial. Um, like, look at all these babies. And then it has... A, I actually thought this was very sweet when he, like, hands the baby over and it's like... It's not like it's sad or anything, but it's like, oh, he sees his whole the whole life of the baby. And it's like, I'm giving her that. It's, it's, it's like, nice. It's, it's like, it's this <laughs> vague really suggestion <laughs> of a moral of, oh, this is about accepting being a parent, except not really at the end bit. The problem. If you're if you're trying to find a deeper message in this movie, there isn't one, or if there is, it's muddled. <laughs> um, the thing is, I like that the baby like gets psychic powers to show him imagining her having this like, like this average life where she just acts like a generic woman. Well, <laughs> and he's like, "Wow, I gave her that life." I- of like growing up and oh she does a sport and then she gets married wow i think the 
She doesn't then, die as a teenager. Uh, or something. I think the danger of doing a podcast of a movie like Storks, which by that I mean a comedy that no one has seen but everyone should see, is that it, it will eventually just evolve into recapping the best jokes. Because in my mind, we we're talking about this. I just remembered yeah. the scene where like they do the Silence of the Lambs cross cutting, <laughs> and. I, just, I wasn't even like on that train either. I was a little bit confused <laughs> wait, 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 yeah, that's when not even they like did the, the reveal. The and then joke I was is like, the ridiculous oh, the character the design lambs. for the cop, <laughs> like the silhouette being a stork for the cop. <laughs> yes, it's. It just reminds me of this terrible, terrible Liberty Mutual commercial <laughs> that they would have on TV of the guy who does caricatures. And then it shows the guy. He just literally looks like the caricature. It was basically but that. Of the incredibly tall, exaggerated hat to look like a duck bill and all the rest of it. Can we talk a bit about the voice cast of this movie? Because first off, let's let's, let's jump to the boys who will come back on the show when we talk about Toy Story Four. Key and Peele, who are playing themselves in this movie. Jordan Peele's wolf character looking uncannily like Jordan Peele, and because Jordan Peele looks like Jordan Peele. Keegan-Michael Key looks like Keegan-Michael Key. And I had the thought, like, dang, these guys just constantly show up in movies playing themselves. Like, and by that I mean Wendell and Wilde is the same way. I don't know if, Brad, you've seen... It's a Netflix movie, so you probably haven't seen Wendell and Wilde. But they... I'll be completely honest. Hmm. I had forgotten that they were in this movie, and I didn't even make the association until just... Well, saying that... <laughs> even though it absolutely yeah, you know, is that. it's funny you say that, because I didn't really get that until I looked it up afterward. And oh, I, I think feel Peel's like character looks just something like Peel. that came... Well, because he's the wide one. No, he's got like, the same face. <laughs> he's got the same face, he's the same eyes. If you told me they mocap Key Peel in wolf position, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> sure. I don't feel that way. Um, But that's actually not... I mean, there are, we can talk about the voice cast like Kelsey Grammer, Andy Samberg, but I want to talk about how cool it is that Katie Crown is the co-lead of this film. Um, Katie Crown being a career voice actor who I know from Total Drama Island. She played Izzy on Total Drama Island. And my guess is because there's like no like details anywhere on like how, um, you know, like how this movie's... Uh, how people got picked up for yeah. this and whatnot. I have to assume she did a temp voice while they were casting like the lead character and they're like, Nah, she's really like we don't want to replace her. That's like the character now, you know. And yeah, it was someone was like, well, we have Andy Samberg and Kelsey Grammer, and like we have we have all these celebrities already. We can have her just do it because she is the character. I have to assume that's how it went. There's really, I mean, maybe there's like interviews of her from the time, maybe, but I don't want to Google that right now while we're recording. But I just think that that her performance really grounds the movie in the way that it's like, well, I see Andy Sam like Andy Samberg's in Cloud of Chance Meatballs. Andy Samberg to me is a very distinct voice. Um and I don't mind Andy Samberg as the stork. Because it's like, oh there's Andy Samberg and it's like, but then the girl is just the girl. You know? It's just Tulip. Like she's not an actor. And it's not like when Key and Peel show up and it's like, oh there's Key and Peel. Or when the parents show up, I'm like, I recognize both these voices, but I cannot place them. Where have I heard this guy's yes, voice? Yes, I, I was the exact same way. Where it's like, I, I feel like, I feel like they did a TV show or something. Well, the thing that's <laughs> funny is I realized in the credits roll, I was like, oh yeah, we watched Finding Dory last week, and Ty Burrell is in that too. So, so, yeah. 
the those father. names are definitely are those voices like yeah the father in particular i've definitely heard a lot of someone yeah i do it is really special to have like obviously she works all the time and she has a bunch of credits but it's really cool that she got to like not only lead this movie but she has that one scene where when they put her in the factory by herself she creates all of these characters to act out office drama but she does every part i thought that was and the punchline of that being it takes only a minute Time to jump back and forth. <laughs> an entire minute of just completely losing your mind. You're like, well, now I have the rest of the day. <laughs> I just find I find the character so I think the character Tulip is so nice. Um, just a well put together character. Uh, and again, all this movie kind of does traffic in like generic setups, generic archetypes of characters. But it's right. fine because we're just here for 85 minutes of laughs. And we right. get those it's 85 not, minutes of laughs. It's, it's not meant to have overarching moral messaging whatever. The messages are babies are cool. Pretty much. Which is a perfectly fine message to have. <laughs> I do get curious. I do think the ending of this... I think this is a movie that, since it's cartoon logic, it demands you not to examine any of the world. Like, oh no, we just accidentally produced millions of backlogged babies and now we're going to deliver them to the yeah, parents because the, the one where, for these babies. When were these letters written? <laughs> when do these people actually mail them? Are they even living at the same address anymore? Are the people getting the babies the people who asked? Well, that's, that's the whole thing. It's like, it's too dangerous to do that because this entire thing is like, oh yes, this is a movie about having babies. Not having children, having babies. Yeah, and babies. it's... <laughs> becomes this big thing because there's because yeah. of all because there's in this entire movie there's only one kid there's only one kid in this entire movie otherwise it's babies or well, i guess julep is a or tulip is 18. Uh, 18 she's 18 but every, 18 but everyone else is 18 or older there's only one kid in the entire film a kid who for some reason oh never mind he does get a list on there never mind why does he have a birthday listed on... That's so fun. He's supposed to be four? No way. No way is this kid four no, years old. No f- I'm really four-year-old is doing the things that this four-year-old I was going to say, I actually doing. think the kid is well-written, even though he does kind of fall into that thing where it's like, I've listened to Cats in the Cradle, Dad, so I understand mortality, <laughs> which is uh, a little... gets a little annoying. That, that's a, the one part of the writing I'm like, this is a little too much for me. A little too annoying. But... Beyond that, I think he's well written to be a kid, and also like a kid's doing the voice. So, um, right, it actually, it, it 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 works more for me just because I appreciate it when a kid is written to be. An, it feels like a kid written from the perspective of how a kid would view himself, rather than how kids actually are. I love the the yeah. scene where he's just asking for the brother, and he's like, "The most yeah. important thing is that he can do ninja skills." I'm like, "Yes." Give me stuff like that. Yeah, it feel, yeah, it feels like a kid's perspective on themselves and not adults looking at what kids do. Exactly. And I like that a lot for that character because a lot of times they get either reduced to too simple or too absurd. Like it, it hits the right balance, at least for me. Um, yeah, I think that the most emotionally engaged I was in the film was during the child with the kid with the family sequences. 
way more than I cared about the actual the protagonist <laughs> or or the action thing or whatever was going on there. And that's not even where I got the most jokes, the most laughs with the kid thing. But I definitely, I every time they came back, I'm like, oh, finally, I feel like we're we're back here. And it's funny. I I think the movie does kind of want you to care about the main stork Andy Samberg guy, but then I don't think they did the work to really make that happen. That's something else that kind of bothers See, me about the film is that I think that they've they have this like this store they, they have the marlin problem where i don't think they explain enough why he is the way he is yeah, there's basically you know there's nothing like the moment you get into the movie like literally within the first five minutes is setting up here's your motivation as a very specific resolve problem become boss but there's no personal anything for him there prior to that to the point where a good portion of his arc is figuring out the person out the personal reasons for anything see i just i exist in a realm where i do not care um about this movie not having emotional stakes i i think this is a film i'm not necessarily looking for emotional well, stakes i'm just looking for a little more to latch well, sure, on to no no because the comparison point I, I care when it stops the humor to talk I, I to think, us about the as i said stakes. the comparison point of this film really there's two other films that were done at sony with lord miller's production one of them is smallfoot which is a movie i've only seen on this podcast maybe the other one is too but also with smallfoot is like it's it's a movie about woke yetis challenging religion so like what is there to latch on to there for children um lot to latch on to for me because i confused why common is singing a villain song about killing god that's a lot in that movie but um <laughs> <laughs> i'm being very i'm also being i want to be very clear guys mm. i'm not joking that is what that movie's about um but the other one is clive a chance of meatballs which um plays with well it doesn't play with it's about father like it's like most anime movies about anime whoever made it had daddy issues and is like do like does my daddy love me because i became an artist like that is what they all come down to right so um but my point is that is something to latch on to andy samberg it's like his problem is he has no friends oh because he's a workaholic oh but that's the thing they drop that immediately after the first marriage, mo- even moment where they kind of vaguely mention it. But then he becomes friends. They with never Katie once Crown. refer to his workplace setup after the moment he leaves. Yeah, I, I don't know. You're right, but I also like again. I, I just don't care. <laughs> like, I, like the movie's. Funny. I know that's the, the movie, thing. I don't the care. About, I don't even think about that bit. It's just I think. I don't know, there's just nothing. There's nothing to latch onto with that character other than the very literal arc of I'm going to become boss if I solve this problem. I really need to solve this problem because it keeps getting worse. Do I really want to become boss? What's my motivation? Oh, my motivation's for us to start sending out babies again. That's his arc. Well, and I think that's a fine arc for a movie about storks. It's a film about a stork who has lost his way and become commercially driven by capitalism and society. And at the end of the world, he reali- then he realizes, no, the natural order of things is for sex to be outlawed and storks to be the only way to have a child. Um, 
And that's what Storks 2 is about. Really he becomes a villain. He outlaws sex. I think the conclusion really here is that babies are cute and Storks are better off delivering babies because they're cute. It's true. I think that's the This movie, by the way, the can, whole I, movie. can I just say, this movie has the best exclusively gay moment we've got to yet on this podcast. There are gay couples who get babies at the end of it. That's nice. Yes. Several. Several. And also, I, thought that I feel too. like... I thought this is better representation. I also think Key and Peele are 100% <laughs> this in this like movie. Thing to have I think by the end of this movie, they're 100% coded to be gay characters, Key and Peele's characters in this film. Uh, they're co-leaders of the pack. Right. They're co-leaders of the pack. And they want to raise a child. They literally do a broken heart at the end with them holding on to each other in the middle. Yeah, they want to be parents. <laughs> together. They want to co-parent. Yeah. I, I think they're better representation than say like who's who's the most recent the the cop from onward the gay cop from onward <laughs> like i don't know i'm trying to think of exclusively gay characters yeah, she, I'm to... <laughs> she's hey you'll never like oh by the I, way can I, I have for the record back home you gotta can I have for me. the record because uh, i don't know what episode this was on but i was listening back and i realized oh no mark confused leslie jones of lena waif <laughs> Because you said that Leslie Jones played the le- the lesbian cop. Well, no, I thought Leslie Jones played the owner of the tavern, but I did. I confused her with somebody, but I just that was oh okay, just my well. I'm I'm just correcting us, the listeners. And now you know you don't even know who played the tavern keeper, and you're like, oh, was it Octavia Spencer? <laughs> that was the big fro. Maybe, um, but I, I don't. This know. will be answered I in just, our onward I, episode I really... whenever we get to that movie. <laughs> wow um but that was just my stupidity um but i don't know the more we talk about this movie the more i like it less the more i talk about it the more I'm i realize i like, like it a lot because whenever mark hates a I'm movie like i like the, it just makes me the dig my feet in the crazy stuff could have been crazier the emotional stuff could have hit harder and you didn't cry. Like, why? Why does she have so many red-haired family members? But <laughs> it's it's not like a clown car when they all. Come I think out of the no, house, Mark. I think actually that that's important. I think like I think 20, in a way that's important. Because they have to be able to at least make a group hug fit. I, I, if they have too many of them, it won't. Work. Well, I, I, it should have been. It should like all the people in the living room, and then you cut to outside of the house, and then from the upper floors, you have more red-haired people yelling out, <laughs> and you have oh. She's, she's call everyone. But and then they come the out gag would last for like street. a minute, rather than the ten second snippet of every gag oh, in this okay. movie. I, it can't be too long. I was going to defend it in a different way. I thought Mark was going to say, "Why can't there just be like a single dad there alone who gets to finally see his daughter and break down crying?" I like, <laughs> I think that would be a very like downer ending to this movie to reveal this family that would be a little fell apart much. because they, she was never delivered. I think that's something we cannot that, have at the would, end of this film. They cannot have that in this movie I think that, without just completely making that, go, that, oh, That God. would break the film if that happened. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Also, why is the dad like a young dad? Like, why didn't they like make him bald why did they go for the weird realism the weird confusing realism of him kind of looking her age with like some gray hairs and then her mom like oh well her mom is like maybe the same age as the dad is but i just don't know why the dad doesn't look like 
an older guy. I mean, people you know? can have kids at a young age. You can have a kid at twenty. They could. They, we don't know when they wrote the letter. Yeah, maybe, maybe, How maybe old he they made were. a mistake. Maybe a he made a mistake, Mark, and he was like twelve, and he was struggling to the stores and didn't realize it actually played pay off. I just, I, I'm. It is. It's you know. It, it's an interesting film. I at least appreciate that the down the the putting you know the sorry kid you're not gonna get your brother bit isn't storks aren't real or whatever but they imagine it's like oh they just don't deliver babies anymore the whole universe is very acutely aware of the existence of storks i feel like i like that better yeah because cornerstore.com is a thing like it, it exists it's literally yeah stork on stork on <laughs> which by the way the I, silent I penguin fight to, like <laughs> yes the silent penguin fight is i know we're just turning this into talking okay, about that all that actually was the funniest part of the movie <laughs> that was so because I think it, there the was bells. like this, th- this relatable logic to it. Yeah, we don't. And we're talking. Wake we're the t- baby. Yeah, so we're talking about a moment that maybe I bet has appeared somewhere else, but it it did get us all. Is when the, the you know you have the Ambie, Andy so Samberg character has the baby. The evil penguins want the baby, and no, the, for some the reason evil the baby like ends up off baby. screen. It's that he oh, has to the rescue baby. the baby. That's right, but the baby the baby has fallen asleep, and both sides agree to have a silent fight or a very quiet fight, which I think is a smarter, the smart choice. Because then it's funny because you still get uh, very, very quiet funny. sound effects. Um, yes, and they're still having to try because it's not just that they're being quiet; they don't want to be quiet. They are in extreme amounts of pain. They're having to shut themselves up, like screaming into pillows and whatnot. Uh, I want to talk about one last thing yeah. in this movie. Um, and I, one last thing, I mean, like, if you guys have more to talk about, feel free to. But there's one man we have not mentioned on this episode. I think is incredibly important to mention with this movie. It's an actor. That's Kelsey Grammer. Who, you know, is probably... I actually would say... Okay. I'm going to be real. I think Andy Samberg is also a very good voice actor whenever he appears in a movie. But I think Kelsey Grammer is like one of those, like, it's Kelsey Grammer, Albert Brooks are like all time, like, great Simpsons guest stars for one thing. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, of course, has appeared on this podcast before as a villain in Toy Story 2. Um, and I think he acquits himself quite well to the uh, rapid fire dialogue he's given. And how, even, even though it's just Kelsey Grammer's voice, he's putting on a voice. And it's really it's fun. Very. It's always nice to hear. So like, you're not just gonna, you know, you're trying to play that corporate quick talk thing while still trying to be over. Like, I don't even want to say like it's a little overbearing, boss. More just boss. corporate, corporate, corporate. <laughs> like he's not making, he's never making any of the storks miserable. But he's playing golf with the little birds and then setting up the glass room so that then, the other storks crash into it as a power move, this movie gets, which sets up the glass warehouse later. And this movie has a mech fight at the end of it where you get a really great gag where the baby 
air quotes saves the day, but it's really just turning off and on the button. So it just he just keeps bouncing up and down <laughs> for like a solid he minute. Down, he goes through a nice little uh, slapstick, smacking his face against the console repeatedly. Can I just say, I feel like in this episode of this podcast, I've constantly referred to these moments as it la- the joke lasts like a whole minute. I've already accounted for the fact that this movie is 85 minutes long, so I'm guessing listeners think this movie only has enough plot for like half an hour. Because I keep saying these jokes last a whole minute. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of only does have a plot. Yeah, I feel like most... The plot's the vehicle to get it from point A to point B. Well, because I feel like the one thing I thought when I was watching this also is, like, I feel like most movies like this, you know, they they leave, right? They leave the stork place, and they get three challenges usually on their way to delivering the baby. And this is just the wolves. That's, like, the only challenge they get, and the rest of it's, like, montage travel. The wolves getting... Well, I mean, that's the wolves again, but getting onto the boat... And then the uh, trap at the end. But the trap at the end is just entering the third act. That's not really a con. That's like it's. I guess there's the. I mean, it's not really a the the montage of baby raising or of baby photos and trying to give the baby food that happens in the forest. I just feel like for a journey movie like this, you expect them to meet more than just wolves. You expect them to meet like more side characters. Uh, right, you'd expect it to be all right. You got done with the wolves. Now you're on to the next exactly villainous sort of group you have to deal. But with. I think it's fine. It's just so that thing too. It's yeah. like this is this feels weird structurally, but I think this movie does not need to be Which, longer. By the way, that <laughs> doc scene uh, when the baby starts to cry, and you have one of the uh, dock workers going. I hear a baby crying. That sounds suspicious. <laughs> hands over and starts walking towards them. It, I love that. I love I love all the dialogue like that. Little, little things. I, I love all the dialogue like that. Or like when the co- <sighs> we're getting to listing jokes, but like in the third act, <laughs> whenever Andy Samberg is just like uh, it cuts to a commercial and talking about Storkon basically, and then Tulip's like, "Stop it! Stop talking about Storkon." <laughs> and the thing is, like. That's not even the most unrealistic satire of the horror tech conventions like, uh, what was, I can't remember the most recent one, like CES or something like that, that do exist. They are just kind of like that. <laughs> and it's nice, it's a little pointed satire that no kid is going to get. But for the people who work in that sort of thing, it's like, yeah. All right. I, I want to yeah. do... <coughs> this is... Can I do one last tangent? That, that gave me like party down vibes where I've experienced those things and they make me angrier than this. I think this movie made them seem <laughs> in real life. So. I want to do one last thing to comment on very quickly, which is that this film not only is directed by Doug Sweetland and Nicholas Stoller. And again, we could talk about Nicholas Stoller, but I don't really care to whatever. Like he's Nicholas Stoller. He directed Neighbors. Good for him. Um, what? <laughs> maybe it's a sh- maybe it's not really a tangent, but the strange thing about me watching this movie and then looking up uh, Katie Crown and just a whole bunch of people was like, this is a rare film where I don't think I've seen a single one of this guy's other films, <laughs> Nicholas Stoller. And I know Total Drama, and I just didn't know any of Katie Crown, and I was, this movie's just fascinating because it's like a view into a bubble that I've never experienced before. But anyway, go on, Dan. Uh, well, I was going to very quickly tangent, because we're never going to talk about this guy again. And he's a Pixar director. Uh, this film is produced by Brad Lewis, who was supposed to direct Cars 2, got fired from it, because apparently he was doing a bad job, and John Laster thought he could fix the movie. Um, 
cars too. Though. Yeah, car, but that's the whole thing. It's like <laughs> so I'm not sure I, how successful I, that fix well, was. Well, I I, I firmly believe that like I I can't imagine it was that. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> the movie wasn't fixed. So um, as a fan of cars too, he also directed the English dub Aponio. But I wanted to say his career as a producer. Oh, he produced uh, Ratatouille. Actually, it's kind of such an interesting I thought he'd produce The Incredibles. He didn't. The films he produced were Ants, and then he moved over to Pixar for Ratatouille, <laughs> directed Cars 2, and then went to d- produce Storks, and then How to Train Your Dragon 3. This guy's just bouncing around producing animated movies everywhere. I just find it very interesting. But not even consecutive ones. <laughs> yeah, and he was went to go work at Digital Domain, which is a VFX place to direct films post Cars 2, and then they basically were like, we're not going to try that. And he left. <laughs> like, is that right? Um, but, yeah. Um, all right. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about this movie? I don't really. I don't really. All right, cool. I think it's a cool movie. I think it looks good. It's, it's, it's exactly what you want. Actually, you know what? I will give a closing statement because I had a closing statement I wanted to make, which I kind of alluded to earlier, is this is the type of movie where it comes out from a studio and it's very disappointing to bombs because the only thing in the studio's currently announced films at the time of this release is two Lego movies. And, well, technically three because Lego 2 is like, we're working on that one too. Um, and here comes an original premise which admittedly is like not that clever of a premise but it's executed well. And I mean, hey, name the last movie that's it's been It's kind out of a clever sports. premise. In the, but, you know. <laughs> um, but then we... This is me coming on the call today, after to record, after reading and work that they announced Moana two for this year. We're gonna get Zootopia two, Toy Story five, and Frozen three, and I'm just like, <sighs> like just one of those things where it's like we are going to be showing our kids the seventh or eighth Toy Story movie, and nothing new stays it feels like sometimes uh and this is here's an original movie that both did not do well in its time it seems to not have been rediscovered yet and it's been eight years i feel like this is around the time where like people should be like like you know like 10 year olds saw this movie now they're 18 year olds with letterboxes like oh storks i remember i loved that as a kid no, we're not seeing that of all the animated movies to see that came out from 2016 do you really want to watch secret life of pets I mean, I'd probably pick Moana. I'll be real. <laughs> what was Moana 2016? Moana and Finding Dory and Zootopia are 2016. But Starks, Starks is a solid fourth place, I'd say probably. It's better than Storks? for the for the, com- for the comedic kids animated film. Yeah, Starks is definitely the best like not Disney released animated movie yeah. of the year. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I wanted to say about Storks. Uh, very, um, yeah. I wish we had more movies like Storks. All right, Mark, give the. I oh. do think that if if Storks is like, I I don't watch a lot of the like. This is this year's animated movie for children. But if they're all like Storks, I think that would be okay. I would rather have them be like Storks than be like. I'll say this also because Sony did this and it gets a lot of comparisons. I think to like what this movie's trying to do. I love Jandy Tartakovsky's like television work. 
I've seen the Hotel Transylvania movies. I do not get the hype. Uh, that's and that's what this movie is compared to. Sometimes, like in the animation style, and I just this is a better film. It's... This is a better film. So, um, all right, Mark, give Brad the spiel. Aha. Well, on a lot of shows, they like to give thumbs up, thumbs down. They like to give the film a rating or something. We like to give the film an object, like a present. Something that we feel represents how we feel about the film. I'm going to give this film... I don't know. I'm so, I'm so like, trapped on this one idea. I'm going to give it... Um, one of the coolest DVDs that I own is the collection of... Um, holy shit, it's not called Police Story. It's called Police Squad. I have a collection Zuckers. of every episode of Police Squad. Yes. Wow, my and reference to that there you really go. did hit you hard. Yeah, we <laughs> well, had the Zucker moment. I want to talk about the comedy of the film. I feel that like was a good that pun. is not. No acknowledged it. That's it's just fine. not the rock that sticks in my shoe about this film. You know. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, not to. I feel like it's a little easy to compare this to Presto, but I feel like I'm having the same thing I have with Presto, where it's like. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think that the humor works. It's just that underneath all of this, there's this burning question of of why, and and why why can't why can't this just have like one of those nice easy plots that you stick into a comedy movie just to make things function and make things relate to each other, and it doesn't have that, and it's just baffling to me. All right, I know what I'm gonna give it. I want to be clear. First, I'm gonna say what I was gonna give it, which is just an Amazon Prime subscription. But I want to go on the sucker thing longer because I figured out how to save the marketing of this movie. I'm gonna give it a different trailer. That's what I'm giving the film. This trailer will instead begin with just photos of babies. All right, photos of babies appearing on the screen while we hear a cover of "Creep" by Radiohead that is done by a children's choir. And then you suddenly just hear Zuckerberg go, if you would have invented storks, you would have invented storks. And it's just footage of this film while audio of the social network plays over it. And it just shows the storks at the end of it. It's a trailer that would have had everyone talking and would have been like, what is this movie? And I think it would have really sold people on the comedic style of the movie too. Uh, yeah. Thank you. This came from my mind because I made a joke about hitting the Zuckerberg, and no one acknowledged <laughs> it. And now I thought I thought about it longer, and I was like, "Yeah, that's the answer. We got to hit the Zuckerberg button on this movie and just give it the social network teaser trailer, but with babies. <laughs> you don't get you don't get the five hundred million babies without making a few storks. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't. Hmm. And the end of the trailer just says the storks. Yeah, sure. The end of the trailer says the storks, and then it cuts to Justin Timberlake saying, "Drop the the, it's cleaner," and it just shows storks. <laughs> I do, I do think the the character Andy Samberg plays could very well be the Jesse Eisenberg, Mark Zuckerberg, for as much as we know about him, <laughs> and all we have to go about is that he wants power. <laughs> so the Trent Reznor and Attic is right. He doesn't somewhere. know why. He just wants power. <laughs> Well, and it is—it kind of is because it's Katie in, Crown, know, Eduardo, he a family or something, and that's or the, the end of Rooney Social Mara. Network. Who's 
Rooney. Wait, who's who's Rooney Mara? Is is Tulip Rooney Mara? No, I think that she she is actually the Justin Timberlake character because they're the they are the characters who who grow together in Pigeon the Pigeon Toady is Army Hammer. Film, Got it. <clears throat> or I guess Key and Peele are you're just like Key and Peele like, are Army Hammer because there's two of them. Names. All right. Anyway, Brad, yeah. Brad, give it something. You literally had it. If I had to, and they're something. they're like row because because I'm Army just, Hammer. Yeah, this shape is going to be boat. a bit more of a personal thing, yes. but it ties back to the. I want I want to hear what had. Brad back has. When, Go back when I was in at SAU, way back when I had this miniature portable little TV uh, TV with. Uh, HDMI cable that I could hook up to my laptop and a little disc player. And I used that to watch Top Secret back in the day, like the first year I was in the dorms. I would give it that little TV so that people can, for that idea of people be able to just, you don't have to spend a lot of time to go out of your way to watch this movie. It's only 85 minutes. Just set up a little TV while you're sitting around otherwise doing nothing and just enjoy 85 minutes. It's a great, it's a good gift. And I think Storks is a film that shouldn't be like, I'll be real, this is the type of movie that should be playing in Best Buy. Not really to test the TVs. It's not really going to help you show off your TV. But if your kid is at Best Buy, pour it out of your mind while you're buying a TV. This is a movie that works without seeing, you know, hearing it. It is a movie that you can watch halfway through and still laugh. Exactly. There are so many great scenes that you forget. And as I said, it's a very forgettable movie in a good sense. Like, you're not going to remember every gag. It's not possible. Because I forgot, I'll be honest, I completely forgot every single gag in this movie. And I think I actually confused the ending of it with some other film that we saw. Moana. I can't remember what. You, you thought that no, she was going to give Moana. the heart of defeaty to the, the stork <laughs> robot. <laughs> Did we all we all like rewatched Storks like within the past fu- like week? Didn't yeah, we? yeah. I watched it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And I forgot okay. everything. <laughs> all right, I'm just checking in. Yes. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, thank Danny, you, Brad. What are we for coming? Uh, oh, oh, well, yeah. Sorry. Oh my gosh, what, Brad! What? Thank you so much for coming on. Um. Well, I want to thank Brad first of all, Danny. And uh, Brad, sometimes people want to promote themselves on the show. Do you have any like socials, or do you not want people to find Mark, you? Mark, the way yeah, you just said that was like I didn't want you to like thank that. him. I want you to thank him. <laughs> what? The way you said that was like, oh, I'm sorry. I whatever. Brad, answer answer the question. Sorry. Yeah, I did. I, I don't really. I don't have socials, more or less. Easiest way to put it. I don't think, like, here's okay. my LinkedIn is going to do anyone favors, given that the work I do is so completely unrelated to everything this does. You never know. We have some pretty outside-of-the-film-business people. Um, but, anyway, you've been a great guest, and thank you so much for coming on. It's been my pleasure. Uh, thank you. Uh, Danny, what are we doing next Well, time? for the record, I'm fixing the name of the episode in our document because we were supposed to talk about the short film Pigeon Toadie's Guide to Your New Baby, but I also do not care to talk about it. We were supposed to talk about that this episode? Yeah, because I don't consider it a detour, really. It's it's a... And yet... <laughs> and yet it's bad enough that is, you don't want to talk about its it own episodes. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't that good. Uh, it, it, it wasn't good, so we don't need to talk about it. It's not really relevant to the show. How long is it's it? Two minutes long. We don't need to talk about it. Mm. But we, 
I'm not going to make Brad sit through me watching Yeah, that. we're not going to do that. Okay. And I haven't seen it either. So. Well, we're not going to do that. There's nothing to talk about. Yeah. It wasn't good. Um, feels like a promo video for the DVD. Um, but we are going to talk okay. about three shorts next time. One of them is on the Finding Nemo DVD. It's called Marine Life Interviews. One of them is a detour, which means it's... Finding Dory, you mean. Sorry, yeah, Finding Dory. Um, one of them is a detour called Gary the Gull. I do not remember who directs this because I don't have it in front of me. But it's a detour because a Pixar director made another short for another company. And then finally, we're going to watch Lou, which is a short film I'm actually really excited to rewatch. It was in front of Cars 3. I remember really enjoying it. But I've only seen it that one time. Uh, so we're going to watch three shorts next time. And yeah, there'll be a nice little episode about all three of these little shorts. All right. Thanks again, Brad, for coming on. Uh, and we'll probably thank you a third time when we're done with the wrap-up. But that's okay. Rule yeah. of three. Something storks and, never uh, follows. It usually goes to the fourth or the fifth time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Brad, if you have any like thoughts about our credits, which we're about to read, please feel free to like chime in if you have any objections or anything. Um, all right, looking for the ocean Wait, is produced by Mark very Young ominous. and Danny Vincent. Objections uh, <laughs> to your credit are like name drop, like sponsored by Big Oil or something. You're not sponsored. No, by... No, no, no. It was just this episode was brought to you by it was Mark great because when it's <laughs> yeah, well, when it was just the two of us, it was kind of a nice way to be like, you know, we want everyone to get the information, but we don't want to tell everyone the same thing every night. But we want people to, like, hear people's names if we have a new editor like Julius Jefferson. The show is edited um, by Julius Jefferson, by the way. Our original artwork was by Sarah Knopf. You can follow us on social media at Facebook at Looking for the Ocean, Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, Twitter at Pixar Journey. You can email us at Looking for the Ocean podcast at gmail.com is that it Mark? is that our gmail don't don't you have it in front of you looking at the ocean pixar at gmail.com that's that's our email just yeah just look at the ocean pixar no, dot gmail at gmail.com uh we'll tell you a different email every yes. episode anyway you can also go to our website and... looking for the ocean pixar dot yeah, I'm sure you can like find it somewhere. I don't know. You, is, it, some someone should leave us some comments. I don't know if you need to be like reaching out for work opportunities at this point. Um, I am markyoungperformer.com, and I'm also on M Young Insta. Look there for things. And I'm Danny Vincent. That's an ominous way to put it. <laughs> you can follow me, Danny Vincent, <laughs> at Linus Letterboxd for all my takes on all the movies. You can listen to my other podcast, The Snub Club, where we talk about the movies with the most Oscar nominations and no wins. And yeah, next time we'll see you for a shorts episode. Thanks again, Brad, for coming on. Uh, you were a great guest. And it was really nice for Storks to have my buddy who went on the stork journey with me originally that feels like a line from storks the way i just said that uh, that would be a line from storks. i'm just glad anyone's talking about the film exactly <laughs> we're bringing some out of the shadows to talk about storks but yeah yeah all right well, i see y'all next Bye. time <laughs>